0: Welcome to the Afternoon Show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for tuning in today. I hope you listen to Suzy Larson Live. I hope you've had the radio on all day or or however you listen to Faith Radio. Maybe it's on the app. You can also text the word app. If you don't know how to get that on your phone, we'll send you a link. It's really easy. You'll enjoy that. You text the word app to 877-933-2484. So I'm off already doing some business. This is uh, what we do at Faith Radio is just let you know all the great things that are happening here. And that's a great way to have access to great information is to make sure you have the app. I know you'll like it. And I always say, if you don't like it and it doesn't work for you in some way, you can just take it off. (laughs) Mm. You don't have to stick to anything. All right. We've got a great show. And I say we because I've got my brand new producer here with me in studio. Wyatt has arrived and he is uh, an outstanding producer. producer, and he's going to be a great addition of the show. I'm extremely happy that he's here. And Wyatt, say hello to the audience
1: and everyone listening. Hi, everybody. This is Wyatt, Bill's new producer. And like Bill said, I would echo that. I'm happy to be here as well and a part of the show now.
0: Yeah. Wyatt is a student, was a student here at the University of Northwestern, graduated, and and Two weeks ago, what happened
1: in your life, Wyatt? Well, I got married, so that's kind of a big thing, or at least they say so. so (laughs) Very big uh, thing, yeah. That's been going well, and yeah, just uh, new to the job as of about
0: a week ago. Well, so glad to have you here, and I know you will grow to love him because I already do, and he's only been here a couple of weeks. So thank you, Wyatt, and I look forward to uh, talking to you more. Uh, My friend Patrick Albanese is standing by. He's in the green room, uh, which is a technical way of saying he's on the studio line, waiting to come on the show. And as you know, he's my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa and the prestigious town of West Des Moines. Patrick,
1: welcome. Thank you. I've only known Wyatt for three and a half minutes and he's okay. Yeah, no, he's (laughs) a good guy. I mean, you know, no, it sounds great. And uh, the the fact that uh, he actually called me you know, as some of the other producers said, Bill, look, I just can't call that guy anymore.
0: <laughs> and I would say, come on, just do it one more time for me and how oh, I yeah. just called you.
1: Just I think cause. it's funny how, you know, your yeah, your number shows up as potential spam. <laughs> 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 Have you ever noticed that potential spam never fails to live up to its potential? Yeah, it's always spam. It, yeah, you you every now and then you want to risk it and say you know you never know maybe this time it won't be spam and it's always it's not like you pick it up and you say all right here goes mom yeah it's you yeah. I know I know it's it's always spam my all phone is smarter than some people
0: all right Patrick on a more somber note uh, today is nine one one nine eleven and it is the twenty second anniversary of what happened in our great country uh, in New York City and yeah. elsewhere also in uh, Pennsylvania as well. And a lot of lives were lost. And when I've watched some of the news stories or programs that are on 9-11 and you see how palpable the emotions are 22 years later, nothing has changed.
1: Not not only has nothing changed, do you find that when you watch some of the old footage that you feel just transported back to that exact day, you feel exactly the same. It's, It's not softened at all. Yeah. You know, especially with some of the images of people jumping from buildings. And I think in your head, you say they were faced with this, which way do I want to go? No, yeah, it's just horrible. And and I don't do well with stuff like that. Yeah. You know.
0: And I'm curious, it, how did you hear the news and how did you start processing it? If you have a comment you'd like to make, uh, text it over eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. I was enjoying a morning cup of coffee. Uh, I was sitting at my desk, and I had a little tiny TV on my desk, and I was enjoying my coffee. I think I had my Bible open, and I get a phone call from my mother. My mother said, Bill, you have to turn the TV on. You're not going to believe what you're going to see. I said, oh, okay, and yeah. and, and she was right. I, I, I couldn't, you, you I couldn't were process thinking. It.
1: Right. You thought, is this that Green Acres rerun that you always like? And no. You say, I, I, you didn't know you were looking at something that was real.
0: I did, did, did not you? look real. No. And I was watching it going, well, what, what's going on? And you see the smoke and the debris and you start to see some of the panic. And then I saw, I think about 10 minutes later, the second plane go into the, uh, the World yeah. Trade Center. And I, was, I just didn't know how to process it. I, I was just... Dear Lord, help us! I, I, I just cried out to God. I can, I could not process
1: what was going on. And at that point in time, we, you know, we didn't know that it was a terror attack. We thought it was just an accident until the second plane hit.
0: Yeah, then we knew it was intentional.
1: Then we knew it was intentional, and we said, "This, uh, so, well, uh, your mother did not call me. You called me."
0: Okay, now you so. reminded me of that, and I don't remember calling you, but. You know, I'm thinking it's – you were in California. It was 9 o'clock yeah. in New York, 8 o'clock my time, and 6 o'clock your time. And I thought, I bet I can be the one that sends you the news.
1: And I was right. Yeah, and you knew I'd. You, you knew my history of inability to sleep. Oh, yeah. So, I knew you'd be up. Uh, you figured – you knew I'd be up. And uh, I, you know, I don't want to say that I thought it was – Uh, Not not a joke. I just, because I couldn't process it, you know, you say, go, go turn it on and turn on the TV and you turn on the TV and you're seeing this. And I remember thinking, well, okay, you know, what, what, what show did I stumble upon? What, what is this all about? Yeah. And then you change channels and you say, everybody's running this program. So this is something that's happening. Mm -hmm. And then that uh, second plane goes in and you're numb.
0: Yeah, that's a good word, numb. I yeah. was desperately crying out to God, like, "Oh Lord, help us, help, help, help this! Yeah. What's going on? This evil, this incredible carnage and pain." I, I just, yeah. I couldn't begin to process or imagine everything at the time, but I did go directly to the Lord and say, uh, "We need you now more than more than ever."
1: Hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think there was a very brief. Forty-eight hours, maybe it lasted a week. I don't know. Where the whole country felt that. I would say even uh, some of our atheist friends had a brief moment of. Uh, I think I'm going to talk to God right now. Mm-hmm. I, I I just I need to, I need to talk to God right now. Yeah. I don't know if it's about answers. I don't know if it's just about how to, can you, can you help calm my soul? Because I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. The whole world has, and you know, it's funny. We, all these years, years later, not, not funny, funny, but you know what I mean? Ironic that yeah. the, you know, you say there were people back then saying this will change the world forever and you, you don't grasp it. But now all these years later, you say it just completely changed, completely changed the direction of the entire world. Mm-hmm what happened that day.
0: Mm -hmm. I think of Isaiah chapter 61, it starts with the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, release from darkness for the prisoners. I certainly think of the brokenhearted that resulted from this horrific attack on our country. You see these incredible heroes, the firefighters and first responders and everyone who risked their life and many lost their lives uh, trying to help and save others. It was truly heroic. And yeah. there's so many families still to this day that just tear up at the, at the instant this is brought up. And I just have a, a burden to, you know, want to be in prayer for these folks and be in prayer for our country. And it has certainly changed the way we
1: live life. What do you think, you know, so you had people, you had people, of course, trying to escape these buildings. And then, of course, you had the rescue people running into the building and uh, that's risking their life. But you also realize there were some of them that ran in multiple times. They went in, brought people out, went right back in, knowing that any one of these trips could be the last thing I do. And they did it. And, you know... I I cannot fathom that type of bravery. You know, I uh, well, I, I, I just I, I, I,
0: I think if that was your job and you were trained, that would be exactly
1: what you'd do, Patrick. I do. Well, if yeah. you were, and maybe you're drawn to that in the first place because you have that in you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I uh, I admire that type of bravery. It frightens me because, well, not it's more than frightens me. It makes me at times feel. You know, who do I think I am? Do I think I'm so important? But look at the things that people do for their fellow man. Mm -hmm. Look at the risks they'll take to help and to save their fellow man. You know, that's – it's putting everybody else ahead of yourself. That's big stuff to me. And Mm -hmm. I I have to imagine that each time, you know, if a firefighter is going in for the third or fourth or fifth time, however many times it was – And then a building finally collapses on top of that person. You know, did they go in each time with a prayer saying, you know, okay, God, you know, uh, you're with me and whatever happens, happens. But please help me save people. Mm -hmm. Please help me save people. Yeah. You know, keep me alive long enough to save a couple more. I I, I just, it's, it's, I'm in awe of that.
0: No, I am as well. I'm just 22 years later wondering how... You processed the 911 news, where you were, uh, how how you turned, did you turn to the Lord, did you, wh- what were you thinking, how did you process it 22 years later? If you have a comment you'd like to make, I'd love to put it on the air, I think it would be a sense of encouragement for all of us. Uh, God is so faithful all the time, despite what we experience in this broken world, 877 933 2484. Patrick Albanese is my guest, and we're going to take a break. We've got the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles after Patrick and Pastor Greg Kokel in hour two. I have a great, great show for you. Be right back. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at MyFaithRadio.com. I always like starting the week off on a little bit of a lighter note. However, today is a little bit of an exception because Patrick and I are talking about 9-11, which doesn't have uh, a lot of levity to it. However, Patrick, I will say that there were people um, running to churches and looking for answers. And I know the churches were packed after 9-11, and they were also looking for community. People were talking to each other, being nice to each other. And that was a kind of a, a lovely time when we were caring about each other, liking each other. And I know we were in production doing the show at the time. and yeah. On that Tuesday, we didn't normally have a show, but the next day would be Wednesday, which would be the start of the week. And we were back and forth. Do we put on a show? Do we not put on a show? Is it too soon? What do we do? And we proceeded mm-hmm. to say, well, let's put on a show mm, and just do it. And I uh, think the house was pretty packed that night and pretty, pretty spectacular response. People needing some kind of feeling of normal and feeling
1: getting some release. Just you know, a couple of hours away from um, all the craziness going on. I, I was working in the San Diego production at the time. And so I lived, you know, 125 miles away. And, uh, you know, basically Wednesday morning and waiting around for the phone call deciding, do you, are we even putting on a show tonight? You know, don't drive down uh, two hours if we're not going to do a show tonight and we'll, we'll decide on tomorrow. And I guess there were enough ticket sales. and But I also remember, you know, for me, you know, as I'm sitting there at home, and you're you're, you're watching nonstop television coverage, right? Mm-hmm. And you know you're seeing you know, the rescue workers, and you're seeing you know, all these am- amazing heroic people hard at work, and people in the hospitals, and their they're, people are donating blood, and I you know I, I have this sense of I said, well, what you know, I'm just a guy who's i I'm, I'm a magician, I'm an actor in a little show. It's not important. This isn't important. What I do isn't important right now. Uh, There are bigger things going on. And this is – it's almost nonsense to even consider that people would want to go see a show. But you're right. So we decided to put it on and it was a packed house and people were weeping. Mm -hmm. And they were so appreciative for that that brief release of a couple hours. And it was weird because that was the time I said – That's, that's, you know, I I always talk about we're all part of this big mosaic. Some people are a larger tile. Some people are a small tile, but every tile is important to the total picture. And I said, that's my piece of the mosaic. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm not a doctor. You know, I don't, I don't run into burning buildings. I don't do things like that, but maybe I'm just the guy that helps those people be able to do what they do by providing them some amusement here and there.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And I said, you know, be okay with that. You know, God has a purpose for you; He has a place for you. And I realized, I said, "Well, my little piece of the mosaic is kind of important today." You know, uh, sure, we could probably, you know, say if if you had to get rid of one thing, we'd get rid of the magician. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly.
1: You know, stilt walker first, the juggler, then the magician.
0: Yeah, plate spinner, but, then um, magician. Yeah, but I get, I get the idea.
1: Yeah. The plate, uh, plate spinner. Yeah. Uh, um, but then you, you realize, but also those people are kind of important in that it, it just is a part of what makes the whole world work in unison. And then we kind of need each other in whatever anybody can bring to the table. And if what you bring to the table is a couple of plates and a stick, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can spin them, but uh, it provides some entertainment for the people who are out there saving lives. You know, maybe that's important too. Yeah, put put things in perspective for me.
0: Well, I I say all the time, Scripture talks about a merry heart as like good medicine. And sometimes Mm -hmm. when we gather in community and and laugh with a room full of strangers, it it does sort of prove our humanity. It's like you're sitting in a theater full of people laughing, and we've experienced Mm -hmm. this thousands and thousands of times, where you go, you know, uh, spiritually, politically, all over the place, intellectually, this room does not connect, match, or agree. But they are agreeing on something at once, and they're they're agreeing that they want to have this couple hours of entertainment and and laughter, and they walk away feeling like, okay, that that gave to me. I was uh, at a friend's mother's funeral on Friday, and I was having a conversation with one of the daughters, and she reminded me as she was standing next to her son that their very first date that she had with her husband— was to come see the show, and she goes. We we, we had this amazingly fun night, and I thought, huh. Yeah. I was, as I was looking at at her son, I was thinking, you know what? It, if it wasn't for me, you might not be here. <laughs> <laughs> because,
1: because that first date is very
0: important. It's very important, and if it could have been a dud, a little bit awkward, they, they might not have had day two. But she said, yeah. Uh, yeah, we laughed so hard, we had so much fun when we got in the car. We just didn't stop talking, and I thought, um, you know, there there's there's great uh, great value in in having just laughter and joy and merriment and the ability to look at life and say, we know how the story ends. Mm -hmm. God comes for us and we're in heaven with him for all of eternity. This world has so much affliction and pain and suffering. And there's so much suffering everywhere. Every page of scripture is a suffering person writing about a suffering situation.
1: But we connect with that because that's the story of our lives too. We all struggle at times. And I think the you know, like when you talk about being in the theater, you know, we had COVID, and uh, a lot of us got used to it. Said, well, you know, we have these amazing devices now, and I don't even have to go to a movie theater anymore. And I can watch all the comedy shows I want. I can do whatever I want from the comfort of my own home. And uh, but as soon as COVID ended, we we rushed to be back in that room mm-hmm. with people. And you say, well, what is it about that? You know, And you, you, like you say, you're in a room with people. You say, well, if I sat down and had conversations with these people, we might not agree on much. We might be polar opposites in many areas. But we're having this shared experience and we love shared experiences. And that's when you talk about heaven, you say, it's the biggest shared experience you will ever have. Mm-hmm. And we all look forward to that time where he says, I'm going to be in this big room. It's a big room. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd like the room to be bigger. Yeah. But yeah. it's we love a shared experience because we love to be with our fellow people. Yeah. So sharing something joyful.
0: Yeah. So let's be reminding each other today, I'm speaking to myself, that there are plenty of opportunities God provides every day. It might be a smile. It might be eye contact. It might be a hope you give somebody that you talk to. Maybe you always go into the a certain store or the grocery store or some place where you have a regular connection with somebody maybe today's the day or tomorrow's the day i don't even like saying the word tomorrow but today's the day you you share something about your faith uh, yeah. is that my faith ha- has been so strong over my life and i just want you to know that that jesus is
1: the answer and you just leave yeah. it at that see what happens well, and you know your your faith is what helped you get through nine eleven.
0: Oh, absolutely, you know, yeah. Uh,
1: just because, you, like you say, you know, well, I know how the story ends. That helps a lot.
0: Yeah, sure uh, does.
1: Knowing how the story ends. Oca- occasionally, it's all you've got. You say, "I know how this ends." It's you know, I I always call it the Scarlet O'Hara. You know, uh, I would look on life where she, uh, you know, her plantation, though everything's burning down. Rhett Butler has left in a huff which yeah. I believe is a Swedish vehicle. I'm not sure. They were uh, very short-lived vehicles, the Huffs. They didn't drive very well. But anyway, you know, Rhett's gone. The place is burning down. Everything's pretty much over. And she says, well, there's always tomorrow because tomorrow's another day. She was perpetually, you know, hopeful, you could say. But we have a reason to be hopeful because that tomorrow, that day, is a pretty glorious day. I would think you could say. Right.
0: Oh. It's absolutely glorious. No, and I no. I completely, completely agree with that, Patrick. It's um, beautiful the way God has uh, given us community that we're he wants us to be in. And we can't always be in the kind of community with people that we are drawn to, but God tells mm-hmm. us to love one another. So that's an action. It's not necess- a feeling, it's an action. I'm going to love you because God gave me this command and I want to show love and so yeah i think when we gather in community we have all this beautiful opportunity to not only show love but to be love and to be light in an otherwise very broken world
1: yeah yeah and it's just because we know how the story ends it's always nice to kind of sneak to the back of the book and get to find the ending isn't it
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is because without hope what do we have we have nothing and we have a, a G, we have jesus who who uh woke up in the tomb and walked out of it. The stone was rolled away and he came out and that's, that's the, the Savior I will follow. And he has made every promise uh, come true and every promise will come true. So, you know, despite the horror that our country went through uh, 22 years ago and despite the pain and suffering that's been the result of it, I mean, we can even just mention the way in which we have to live our lives today as a result of that incident. I mean, as, as much mm. as we don't like inconveniences, boy, the world changed so dramatically. I mean, try to fly on an airplane
1: in the last 22 years. It's not been pleasant. No. I mean, I, I remember meeting people at the gate. <laughs> that, I, those days. How much, that was beautiful. Yeah. You know, they here's they, somebody weary from a day of travel. They'd walk off the plane. The first face they see is yours. I know. Or somebody else's maybe, but, you know. You know, but, you know, or, or when you got off that plane, you said, oh, my ride's here, right there. My yeah. ride is right there. Yeah. You know, so good. And, uh, it was, it was a wonderful uh, time. And then you say times have changed and we've gotten used to it and in a way we don't even know what we miss. Yeah. Well. We've forgotten.
0: We were a yeah. slight bit more serious than usual
1: today, but I appreciate
0: that side of you as well.
1: Well, that's okay. And I tell you, I'm going to have a contest, by the way, because I learned this from a restaurant I went to. They had a little fishbowl thing. I would like to do it for our listeners. Drop your business card into the fishbowl and win the fishbowl. That's all I got to offer. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything else to give away. So you're saying I don't that, really want the fishbowl. <laughs> yeah,
0: I figure that. So enjoy uh, tonight with your fishbowl and I'll talk to you soon.
1: All right, thanks. Talk yep. to you later.
0: Patrick Albanese has been my opening guest to get things started. I hope... You were having a good day. Thank you for tuning in. David Miles is in the green room. The Monday afternoon mix is up next. Afternoon, but it's also time for the Monday afternoon mix. And I've we're gonna get that soft jazz back, David Miles. We will. It is time for the mix. Bring-
2: Bring the mix, bring the jazz. David, have I officially introduced you to Wyatt, the new producer? You have not.
0: Yeah, this what is Wyatt, that? David Miles. Wyatt! And you know, one of the roles of being the producer is you are eligible to be involved in the Monday afternoon mix. Absolutely. So, of course, we're putting no pressure on, on Wyatt. and he none, can,
2: none whatsoever. He
0: can contribute or not. He can I join mean, in or
2: not. He can contribute to the Monday afternoon mix with Wyatt. I mean, like, you know, he can, we can participate with him. <laughs> no, pressure. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah, talking
0: about adding pressure—that's a lot of pressure.
2: But uh, Rebecca was involved
0: in the mix, and then uh, Rosie was as well. And, yes. And I'm going to give Wyatt a little bit of a chance to relax and get into the position, and then I'm sure he'll come into the mix. I think so. He's nodding yes. That's
2: a good thing. He's not. I like the. I like the yes. The yes works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, David, we're going to resume a conversation we had before, which uh, I thought was fantastic, and it's uh, we're going to talk about divine. Delays and detours. I was talking about this this weekend. It's just so amazing that we have things that are interrupting our day, and I realize sometimes the interruption is the whole point.
2: Um, yeah, it, it is, and and I guess like part of one of the things that's interesting is what do you do to the detour to the detour? Say more about that. You know, what do you do to the delay to the delay? Um, you know, <clears throat> I say like God. God has a sense of humor and he's he's a good good father. You know, that song that we sing, like he is a good, good father. Uh and I think the last time, Bill, that I was here because uh was August fourteenth. And um we took Jackson, our son, to uh, Grand Canyon University out in Phoenix, and uh, you know, he was on the show with us, and what what joy to to see a young man who who loves Jesus and it's just like you know, in the center of God's will and just enjoying that. Um, but on the 14th was the day after I had actually did a message on divine detours and talked out of Scripture about adversity and God giving the bread of adversity and um, the water reflection and being able to see the divine detour of some health issues that I had that started back in in March um, with a strange blood clot and then actually ended up with a surgery in um July. And so I spent most of July kinda, you know, on the injured reserve list and in pain, but talked about the unique ways that God used that. And so um, you know, had an opportunity to share here on the program. And that was Monday, August 14th. And then Monday, August or Tuesday, August 15th, I'm a week out from my six-week appointment, thinking to myself, I'm gonna go back to running and I'm looking forward to getting on my road bike and fall's going to come and I'm going to be able to enjoy the leaves and, and things like that. And, you know, I had a meeting that morning and things went really well and, um, left the meeting to go get lunch and boom, there was a clot and it was like, whoa, what in the world? Mm -hmm. Well, then I had to run an errand. So about 15 minutes later, stopped at the restroom and there was, you know, more blood and stuff. And it's like, what in the world? And then I did a final stop 20 minutes later, and as the doctors, one doctor said, a matzo ball of clots came out. Oh, boy. And I can actually tell you, through all of this ordeal, in that moment, like, I can say, like, I, I, I praise God for the peace that I've had. And in that moment there, I was like, okay, this is concerning. Like, this was, like, a new level of, like, this had not been That's like scary. That. Yeah. And uh so um, having experienced the unable to go in straight, you know, fifteen hundred milliliters of pain, I immediately drove to the ER and I called my surgeon on the way and finally got through to them and they're like, What's up? And I'm like, This is what happened and they're like, Where are you at? I said, I am in the ER. And they're like, can you go? No. They're like, admit yourself. And like literally within moments, it went from bad to horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 1,400 milliliters of fluid and clots later, um, you know, in the, in the hospital. And, and they're like, you know what? We're going to put you in this continual bladder thing. And this is strange. Like we don't understand this. And so <clears throat> I'm there. And, uh, you know, they do an ultrasound you know, yep, there's some things but nothing like major. Let's see if we can kinda hold you overnight and see what happens. Well, as they transferred me from the ER up to the hospital for me to be, you know, admitted, as I'm transferring from my bed into my other bed, it was literally like when I stood up, like someone took a bowl of something and just dropped it to the bottom of my bladder and like could literally feel like this thing just plug mm. and said. So I found myself, again, in the hospital, thinking a week I would be getting a clearance. And so I'm like, whoa. And, you know, dealing with with a great deal of pain. And yet, Bill, God really continued just to um, give grace and to give peace. Number one, I'm so grateful to, you know, our first responders especially, um, but all to our to the people who work in medical fields who love and live out Jesus day in and day out in so many different ways, from hospitals to nursing homes to school nurses and everything like that in between, they truly are amazing um people and um so i'm I'm in the hospital and you know going through this thing and trying to figure out how to clear this up and get these clots going and and I want to say, like, God's grace is evident that Jesus makes a difference in this. Um, <clears throat> I was in a lot of pain, and yet God allowed there to be a sweetness in my life to be able to just say, like, thank you. Hey, guys, sorry for this mess. And also, um, you know, how can I, how can I help you? Um, and at one point, you know, one of the nurses came in that I'd met in the ER And we're chatting, and you know me, Bill. I like to like ask people, get to know them and stuff. So I was asking questions, and I asked this gal um, a little bit about herself. And I'm like, are you a Minnesota native? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, oldest, middle, youngest of how many siblings? And she's like, I'm the oldest of three. She goes, I have a younger sister and had a younger brother. And you notice the verbal tense. I do, yeah. And I was like, really? I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, what happened to your brother? And it was like, he died. And you could literally watch the person almost shrink back Mm -hmm. from the conversation. She was standing with some people. And I said, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, you know, if you don't mind me asking, asking for permission, like what happened? And the gal's like, he took his life. And I just was like, you know, I'm so sorry. I'm like, that sucks. I'm like, that it does. I mean, there's, there's, you know, and, um, and she was like, yeah, it was really, really hard. And then I, I shared my story, and I said, you know what, I speak on this subject. And I said, I actually attempted to end my own life and failed that as a sophomore in high school. And, Bill, you could see her almost, like, brighten up, and she stepped towards the conversation. And uh, she said, you know, David, she goes, it's really important that people hear this message. And she's like, I, I wish my brother would have heard this message more. And she was like, thank you. She said, thank you so much for sharing that because you feel so alone. And, Bill, here on the Monday afternoon mix, it's not because, like, we're cool or anything. Well, Bill's cool, but not me. And now Wyatt's Why, here, it's so super Wyatt, cool. Wyatt's super, Why it's super, it's super cool. cool. And I'm just, but it's because Jesus is cool. Like, Jesus is cool. And he makes a difference. And, you know, someone once said that God can use our greatest hurts, pains, and disappointments to become our greatest impact in ministry. And I know we live in a world that says like, you know, put your best foot, put put the big facade on. Hmm. But it is our humility, it is our brokenness, it is the ways in which we have to depend on God that He comes in, that truly, truly ministers to people. And Bill, you know that since in, in the last, you know, I've I've had the opportunity of sharing this with my students um at Northwestern um and recently did and had students stay afterwards and talk about you know, the things that are in their heart, and some of them are like, yeah, I wrestled with this. Um, it's it's something that I delight to do, and I'm doing more of it. I'm speaking, and so, like, even for people who are listening, like, I speak on this subject. I speak to youth and students, and if you want me to come, and even if you just want me to come for whatever reason, and even, I'm just happy to come and talk to students and even adults about the issue of being um, as one guy named Patrick Roan, who works with the Minnesota Health Institute, of being a survivor of suicide, you know, of, of attempts. Because so many people just bringing the story out into the open um, and having this conversation for Kim, it was huge for her. And it was one of those things that was interesting because here I was in pain, but even in my pain, God gives us opportunities to minister and I think that's important that we we need to remember, even as we're going through things, you know, God can still work through our difficulties, through our pains, our hard things, to minister to other people. Uh, and sometimes that ministry is even more powerful because it's coming out of our weaknesses, and that's where His grace and strength can shine through all the more. Not saying it's easy, like oh no, not saying it's easy at all. Because as we would find out. ultrasound that they did earlier that was clear Mm -hmm. they then uh, ended up transferring me from maple grove hospital um, by ambulance down to uh, hennepin community uh, hennepin county where my my doctor surgeon was and they would do another ultrasound and what they would find would be a blood clot that had congealed and it was the size of a racquetball
0: that's that's pretty good size
2: yeah, it was pretty good size, and you know, I got to see pictures of it because apparently, um, it became kind of a wow. This is really interesting. So mm-hmm. people come in. Let's take a, let's take a look at this, and let's take a picture of this. Mm. And when it was shown to me, I was you know still coming out of um, like surgery, and Tammy had talked to the doctor. So when I saw a picture of it the next morning, I said uh, to my my surgeon, who was an incredible man, incredible godly believer, um, and just, you know, the hands and heart of Jesus. Um, but as I was looking at the picture, I said to him, I said, wow, that's really big. I said, you know, that piece, I mean, like, that's like the size of my thumb. Like, wow, that's huge. And he said, oh, he said that? He goes, that that's not what came out. He goes, David, he goes, that's a fragment. <laughs> and then he showed me the other pictures yeah. and he's like we had to break that up to actually oh, wow get that out of you and uh you know so so Bill that was super that was another you know cool divine appointment with this one nurse and then my one nurse who I actually had for 2 days when I was down there um really sweet gal and uh you know in the process of getting to know her you know, she shared about the passing of her mom and how that impacted her and her dad and family, but also gave opportunities to pray with her and to talk with her and just, ask, you know, answer questions mm-hmm. that she had. You know, so, so again, as we're going through, like, really junky stuff, um, asking God to give us His eyes to look up even in the midst of it, to look around— and there's some of the most incredible opportunities um, even to bless other people, even as they're blessing us by caring for us. So that that's what I want to—I I really want to encourage people in, um, you know, the ways that God wants to work in and through us in difficult times. And that, as I talked before, I thought, hey, let's talk about a divine detour. And God's like, no, we're going to come back and talk about a divine detour to the other divine detour. <laughs> and— and I told him I'm, I'm cool with taking a break on a couple of detours, uh, but, you <laughs> yeah. know, he's been with me um, and Tammy through this event and I'm, I'm grateful.
0: Well, David, one of the many things I admire about you is you stay connected to your purpose, which is despite the fact I'm in horrible pain and I've got a bloody issue going on, which is not pleasant. You stayed connected to your greater purpose, which is, this is an opportunity I see right before me to share the hope I have in Christ with somebody, and you made that beautiful connection with that nurse. To me, that's yeah. just like, I want to just go, way to go, brother.
2: Well, I want to again just say, like, way to go, like Jesus. Amen. And You Amen. know, <clears throat> before I came here this, uh, today, I was on the phone with my, my health optimization doctor out of Chicago, who's not a believer. And uh, we were talking the other day and he called me today because it's this has kind of been a really weird thing that people are like, this is strange what happened. Uh, but he called because he was going to have dinner tonight with a friend of his who is a doctor and had shared with him. And we, we were chatting and he's like, you know, David, I'm really kind of amazed by your perspective on this. And I was like, you know, Dr. Patel, I said, it really is my faith in Christ. I said, it's Jesus that is helping me have this perspective. Because, like, Dave's not that cool, you know? I, I'm not. But Jesus is that cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, pressing into Jesus. And, and I think as a pause right here, because sometimes we think and wonder whether some of the things that we encourage people in Faith faith Radio about really, like, getting into your Word, but letting the Word of God get in you, mm-hmm. of of really asking God to show himself to you and also desiring to know him and guys this it's it's in the midst of these hard things that scripture that have studied and meditated on that those things come in and they or they come up from within and they give strength that that humanly you don't have mm-hmm. and then the good promises of God coming and you know what when it's when you're watching some things where you're like this is not right and this is concerning and to know that even if this goes to its ultimate worst end of death that God's got me. And you know Bill there there's some people listening today and you know I'm not sure like like if we get in a quiet place are you feeling today like you know God's got me. Like God's got me and do I know him in this way that Bill and Dave and Wyatt and Ryan Mitchell talk about and the cool thing is that God's not a respecter of persons like God wants to know you and he gives an invitation for you to know him today Mm -hmm.
0: we'll take a little break we'll be right back with Pastor David Miles on the Monday afternoon mix as we continue talking about not only divine delays but detours to the detours we'll be right back We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer requests with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. Are you in the middle of a divine delay as God have you in a delay phase. Maybe there's a detour. And in David Miles' case, there is a detour to the detour. (laughs) And yet he's got a big smile on his face and he's trusting God through every phase of this um, stage of life, David. I'm really glad to hear that God is giving you strength.
2: Yeah, I'm really glad that he's giving me strength too. Um, You know, because again, I seriously have to emphasize this. Like so often, our inclination is to look at the person and say, like, that's, oh, they're just dot, dot, And it's like, no, like, really, um, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, Colossians one twenty seven. Now, don't get it twisted. Like, am I, like, always this way? Do I ever have moments of just, like, what in the world? Like, yeah, I've had those. And it's like, um, yeah, I mean, like, we moved Jackson in. To um, Grand Canyon uh, two Tuesdays ago. That's a college, and that's a college. Grand Canyon University. He's a freshman. He's in a college freshman in college. Take your boy down to a place where the temperature was 116 degrees. Okay, but it's dry heat, so it's not. Uh, hot. I don't know, dry heat or not dry heat. 116 is like that's hot. I mean, that's like I love butter, and yeah. and my very dear Norwegian friends would tell me that lutefisk is good because you just slather it with butter. Yeah. But anything, you know, soaked in radioactive dye from a nuclear plant that, you know, I just, it, I that it. globby it. thing just, yeah. but I'm yeah. not,
0: yeah. 116 degrees, you're complaining. I'm, I just realized
2: I'm tougher than you, but go ahead. You you are tougher yeah, than me. Yeah, but go ahead. So, you know, um, and yeah, I mean, even like two weeks after that, woke up that morning and had like a brief, like little, like, uh, like, oh, here's another concern. Yeah, And, uh, you know, drove myself to an ER, called my doctor, and basically sat there and wow. drank fluids and stuff. You know, and I'm not bringing this stuff up to like you know make queasy stomachs uh, or anything like that. It's the thing that sometimes we think things are one and done, or that in our fast food culture that we can order at the window when we, when we get to or order out the menu screen and when we get to the window everything's tied up. And that's that's not the case. Like sometimes, you know, um, it's crazy, and then it seems like, you know, it's getting better, and you think you're going along, and you may even like I did, you know, share a testimony even two days before this second event, I mean, these are two hospitalizations and two surgeries Mm -hmm. in, like, a month, like, five weeks.
0: Okay, you are tougher than me. Okay. (laughs) Way tougher. No.
2: The people who are tough in this world are the ladies. Like, my wife, Tammy, and, I mean, like, seriously, like, if if men were, if men actually did give birth, the population would be smaller. Way smaller. Way smaller. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, so, like, in some ways, I... Even having this stuff, it's like, great, I had a hangnail. Um, But I'll go back to what Dr. Steve Rory from my um, pastoral duties at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School said. He he used to tell us, our class, he said, there's no such thing as a minor surgery for the person having it. But each person's pain is their particular pain. It's their experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and walking with. And, uh, you know, even two weeks afterwards, I mean, like, I'm like... Early morning hours in Phoenix sitting in, a, in an ER drinking a bunch of fluids saying, like, I seriously, Lord, do not want to find myself having to go through this before my son's going to school mm-hmm. and down here. And, and so, and I bring that up because, like, we can sometimes think, like, if it's not just one and done or if it doesn't just be nice and clean and pretty that somehow God's not in it or he's forgotten us or things like that. It's a journey. You know, it's a walk with Jesus, and you know there's there's bumps and there's there's setbacks, and I I think in some ways, um, God's given me the privilege of going through this, in order to, you know, to glorify His name, t- to grow myself, also to minister to other people and have a, an even greater sense of empathy for the things that other people are going through, and and sometimes. Uh, without a test, there's not a testimony. Yeah, you that's know? true. Um, you know, there there are trials, there are tribulations, there are various things that happen in life. And I think for the person who sometimes is sitting there like, you know, am I weird because like I keep going through these things and it feels like, um, yeah. And I guess like God is wanting me to speak through a real lived experience to say, no, he loves you. He's with you. And even as you're looking around at the situation, there's ways that he wants to fill you and still speak through your life Mm -hmm. powerfully into the lives of other people. And that can bring deep joy, Phil. It can bring deep joy to minister to other people, even in the midst of our own pain. Mm -hmm. And
0: David, to your credit, I will say, and this is to the Lord's credit through you, that sometimes in your rearview mirror, you can act joyful about a trial you went through because you know you can give God glory for it, but you had that joy in the midst of it. So you weren't phoning it in. You were truly joyful through that time of really intense suffering. And now later, as you're coming out of it, that joy is still evident, and you want to use that experience to glorify God. So anyway, that's an inspiration to me, and I know uh, there are people listening today that are in the middle of some suffering that you were in, or will be tomorrow or the next day.
2: Yeah, and I mean, like... Sometimes um you know, I remember hearing one guy named um Myron Golden, he made this note. He said, You have to go through some stuff to get to your stuff. There's no destiny without difficulty, no strength without struggle, no advancement without adversity. So if you want to get to something without growing through something, you're only going to frustrate yourself for the rest of your life. Yeah, well said. You know, yeah. and I mean like every Sunday, uh it was painful. We are Vikings fans up here. And yes, we had that moment of sadness once again. Um, but as you watch some of these people at the elite levels performing, you know, um, the gal, Coco Goff, who won the first Grand Slam. Amazing, Slim, amazing. All the things that happen in the background, it's not a coast. And as a former, you know, NCAA All-American and state and national champion, I threw the javelin. I had an 88-foot approach to throw the javelin, and literally it was the last of my throw. But all of the hours, all of the training, all of the early morning 5 o'clocks and late-night training and lifting weights and plyometrics and running and all that stuff to go 88 feet and the last to do in my throw was was immense. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when we're looking at people we're saying like wow i really want we don't often realize all the things that go into it all the things that had to be worked out of a person and worked into a person so if you're going through a trial right now and you're in the midst of something um you know don't necessarily feel like you're in the wrong spot you know that you are you are going through some refining you are going through some growth things and the, the reason why I can say, like, thank you for these hard times, because it is the hard and difficult times that grow us. And in the midst of it, I'm like, you know what, God, I'm here. Some of this I wouldn't have picked, mm-hmm. but you're here. So grow me in the midst of the hard time. Yeah. And, Lord, renew our perspective. Thank
0: you so much, David Miles. Always appreciate our time together. We're going to take a little break. When we come back, Hour 2 is just ahead. Greg Kouklos is my guest. His brand-new book is called Street Smarts, Using Questions. To answer Christianity's toughest challenges. Don't go anywhere. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.